Good afternoon, friends. This is Brandy Cook reading an article written by Pastor Rance entitled Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah, Perhaps the Most Significant Portent of Things to Come. Dear friends and listeners, this coming Wednesday evening is the Eve of Trumpets, a day in the future that could, emphasis on could, relate to the rapture of the church. Before going any further, allow me to remind everyone that the scriptures tell us that no man knows the day or the hour of our Lord's return, Matthew 24, 13, and it is folly to try and determine any dates for that event. However, it should be noted that particular scripture applies to the rapture of the church, First and Second Thessalonians, but it does not apply to the second coming of Christ. For an explanation of that statement, please refer to an article I wrote on lastdaysreview.blogspot.com dated November 2, 2016, entitled, Can We Predict the Date of the Second Coming of Christ? The rapture is an imminent event. No spelling error there as an imminent, distinguished, prominent, etc. No, the word is imminent, which means that the rapture is an impending event likely to happen without delay. No other prophecies need to be fulfilled before the rapture can happen, and that is important to understand particularly in relationship to the biblically prescribed Feast of Trumpets, also called Rosh Hashanah. In my many years as a pastor, I have come to realize that for many Christians, their biblical education merely skims the surface of the Old Testament while majoring on the New Testament. And one might ask, are we not New Testament creations? The answer to that would be yes, of course we are, because we have been saved by grace, paid for as a free gift of God by the death and resurrection from the grave of the true Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. However, and then there is the however, always remember that the term Old Testament does not mean old as in done away with. In fact, the Old Testament is extremely relevant for Christians today. Even though we are saved by grace and not by the letter of the law, God still placed within his holy word very many pearls of wisdom that form the basis for the New Testament and that Christians today can draw from constantly. Like what? Well, I will bet that somewhere in your house you have a copy of the Psalms and probably Proverbs. But those are just examples because the Lord Jesus Christ can be found throughout the entire Old Testament if one opens one's eyes and knows where to look. An example is in Isaiah 53, which is all about Jesus, as are Isaiah 7:14 and 9:6. Of course, in Hebrew, his name was and still is Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. My point is that the Old Testament is very relevant for today's church. In fact, in the book of Leviticus, chapter 23, God is speaking to Moses and begins by telling him that the feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, these are my feasts. They begin with the Sabbath day's rest, which can also be seen in the fourth of the Ten Commandments. But from there, God himself, not the Jewish people as some may presuppose, sets out seven extremely holy and relevant days that were to be observed each and every year. Ah, but is there any reason to suspect that these days mean anything to modern-day followers of Christ? The answer to that is a solid yes. Keep reading. It will make sense before the end of this article. The seven holy days are as follows. The first four are in the spring of the year. They are one, Passover, two, unleavened bread, three, first fruits, and finally, Pentecost. I will not belabor the original purpose for these holy days because that would take an entire book to accomplish. But the question remains, why are these important to us as Christians? 
As you know, Christ chose to give his life as a sacrifice for the sins of all mankind. What many do not realize is that he did so exactly on the holy days prescribed in chapters 23 of the Old Testament, book of Leviticus. Jesus chose to give his life, die, precisely on Passover. He was buried precisely on unleavened bread, and he rose from the grave precisely on first fruits. Fifty days later, as the disciples of the Lord gathered together, all with one accord in one place, Acts chapter 2, it was precisely on the day of Pentecost. On that day, the Holy Spirit filled all those who were present, and the church was born. Note, some folks mistakenly believe that Pentecost was strictly a New Testament occurrence. In reality, that day was set by God as a biblical holy day, roughly 1,450 years before Christ walked the earth in his human form and ministry. In fact, it is believed that Pentecost was the exact day Moses received the Ten Commandments representing the law on Mount Sinai, which makes perfect sense because after the resurrection of Christ from the grave, God used that same day of Pentecost to create the New Testament concept of salvation through grace rather than through any physical acts of work or accomplishments of the law. Stop! So what have we here as the God of creation setting the standard for all New Testament happenings by using the original Old Testament holy days? That, folks, is why the Bible is the most perfect document ever to be created. Talk about Advanced Planning 101. There are no holy days prescribed during the summer months. Also, originally, there were also no winter holy days. But in two cases, absolutely miraculous events did happen in the winter months and so are memorialized even to this day. The first is Hanukkah, which is also called the Feast of Dedication or Festival of Lights. Jesus went into the temple during this feast day. John 8:12 and 10:22, in which he said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. He also said, among other things, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. The second wintertime miracle happened in the book of Queen Esther and involved the saving of the Jewish people from annihilation while living within the ancient Persian empire. But for today, the real subject matter are the three remaining holy days prescribed by God in the book of Leviticus chapter 23. Remember, the first four were Passover. Jesus gave his life on this day. Unleavened bread. Jesus was buried on this day. First fruits. Jesus rose from the grave on this day. And Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit to the church in Acts chapter 2. The remaining three holy days are 1. Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah. 2. Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. 3. Tabernacles, Sukkot, all which take place in the fall of the year. We have now established that God used all of the first four holy days in the spring of the year, spring is in beginning, to prophetically fulfill all of the seminal, crucial, critical events of Christ's first coming. So, the real question is, will in some future year, God also choose the remaining three fall holy days, fall is in the end or ending, to prophetically fulfill Christ's second coming? We have to use some caution here, because even though we do know precisely what happened in the past, the future will remain a mystery until actually accomplished. But, based on extensive past which God has displayed a propensity to accomplish important things on important holy days, we can at least comfortably speculate on fascinating future possibilities. So, here are some sensational, electrifying, and dramatic possibilities. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 while speaking of the future rapture of the church, says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangels, and with the trumpet of God, 
and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Is there a possibility that the prescribed holy day of trumpets could relate someday to the rapture of the church? A special note here. Many people today think that the Feast of Trumpets is a day to gather together and devote time to repentance and introspection. While that is true, the larger picture of this particular holy day has unfortunately become lost to history. Originally, trumpets was also used to signal directions to the army in times of warfare, but even more importantly, to proclaim the coronation of a king. The calling to repentance was to actually to signal victory over sin or anything that called for repentance, and that is why it requires a joyous feast. Is there a possibility that the trumpet sound at the time of the rapture could be signaling both victory over sin and also a coming together with our coronated King Jesus? The second of the last three holy days is called the Day of Atonement. This day really is its day of solemn atonement and judgment. As such is a holy day, but not set aside for feasting. Is there a possibility that the Day of Atonement could be in some way related to Jesus' second coming to earth? Revelation chapter 19, 15 through 16. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The third and last day of the fall, end or ending, holy days is tabernacles. The original tabernacle of Moses in the wilderness was a place set aside for God's presence to tabernacle or dwell with his people. Could the holy day of tabernacles somehow correspond with Jesus Christ, the Jewish Messiah beginning his 1,000-year physical reign upon this earth with his people? Speculation for the future only, but it makes sense, don't you think? 1. Trumpets perhaps corresponding to the rapture of the church, which is made up of all people both dead and alive, Jew and Gentile alike, who have placed their faith in Christ as Messiah. 2. Day of Atonement, perhaps corresponding to Jesus' return and his second coming to judge the nations. 3. Tabernacles, perhaps corresponding to the beginning of 1,000-year physical reign of Christ upon this earth. Maybe, but always remember that although this makes sense, the rapture is an imminent event and could occur before I turn off my computer today. One way or the other, Trumpets 2017 begins this week in the evening of September 20th, 2017. On the Hebrew religious calendar, that is Elul 28, in the year 5,777 since the creation of man. Another purpose for Trumpets is to announce the Hebrew year, which begins the very next day on Tishri 1, in the year of 5778, September 21st, 2017. And for those who may be wondering, no, I do not think that the rapture will happen this year, but who knows? Someone much greater than me is in charge. No matter what makes sense to our finite little minds, our great God, the creator of the universe, does not do things according to the will of his created beings. My purpose for this writing this article is to draw attention to as many Christians as possible that there are great many things still to come that were written by God's holy prophets in the Old Testament. And as followers of Christ, who himself quotes the Old Testament, we are wise to pay attention to the feast and holy days that God prescribed, most particularly the fall holy days coming up, which are called the high holy days. I sincerely dislike ending an article with a warning, but in this case, I feel compelled to do so. Jesus warns us in Matthew twenty four eleven, 
then many false prophets will raise up and deceive many. That, my friends, is exactly what is happening today. Blogs and articles are being cranked out in record numbers, making an absolutely incorrect assumption accompanied by a deceptive prediction. What would that be? That the second coming of Christ will be this week and probably fall on trumpets September 21st, 2017. Do not fall for that bunk. The people who write that stuff either do not believe in the concept of a rapture or are post-tribulation believers, or even worse, a millennialist. In other words, everything happens at once, and things like the thousand-year physical reign of Christ on earth is not physical at all but a spiritual event, or the rapture and second coming are combined into one event. To believe that eliminates several things written in scriptural stone. To believe that does away with, number one, pre-tribulation rapture. Number two, destruction of Damascus, Isaiah 17. Three, war of Gog from the land of Magog, Ezekiel 38 and 39. Four, the entirety of the book of Revelation through chapter 19, 11. Five, to believe that leaves absolutely no time for the marriage supper of the Lamb, Revelation chapter 19, 7 through 9. Six, very many other biblical prophecies that must take place before the second coming of Christ. And finally, number seven, the rapture is identified in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, which begins with the warning from the Apostle Paul, but I do not want you to be ignorant brethren, and goes on to outline what will happen one day when the Lord does return for his church. Read the Bible for yourselves, folks, and ensure that what you are being told lines up with the Bible. Enjoy the high holy days, which can be done as followers of Christ, without sacrificing in the slightest way your salvation by grace. God bless you all. Pastor Rance. Shining like the sun.